The homilies for sermons contained in these podcasts were delivered by Deacon Joe Dietz, a permanent deacon serving at Christ the King Catholic Church in South Bend, Indiana, a parish of the Diocese of Fort Wayne, South Bend. Each homily is preceded by a reading of the Gospel of the Day. While these homilies are the same in content as those preached, they have been recreated to improve the sound quality of the podcast. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to listen to Jesus, but the Pharisees and scribes began to complain, saying, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So to them Jesus addressed this parable. A man had two sons, and the younger son said to his father, Father, give me the share of your estate that should come to me. So the father divided the property between them. After a few days, the younger son collected all his belongings and set off to a distant country, where he squandered his inheritance on a life of dissipation. When he had freely spent everything, a severe famine struck that country, and he found himself in dire need. So he hired himself out to one of the local citizens, who sent him to his farm to tend the swine. And he longed to eat his fill of the pods on which the swine fed, but nobody gave him any. Coming to his senses, he thought, How many of my father's hired workers have more than enough to eat, but here am I, dying from hunger. I shall get up and go to my father, and I shall say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. Treat me as you would treat one of your hired workers. So he got up and went back to his father. While he was still a long way off, his father caught sight of him and was filled with compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. But his father ordered his servants, Quickly, bring the finest robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Take the fattened calf and slaughter it. Then let us celebrate with a feast, because this son of mine was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. Then the celebration began. Now the older son had been out in the field, and on his way back, as he neared the house, he heard the sound of music and dancing. He called one of the servants and asked what this might mean. The servant said to him, Your brother has returned, and your father has slaughtered the fattened calf, because he has him back safe and sound. He became angry, and when he refused to enter the house, his father came out and pleaded with him. He said to his father in reply, Look, all these years I served you, and not once did I disobey your orders, yet you never gave me even a young goat to feast on with my friends. But when your son returns, who swallowed up your property with prostitutes, for him you slaughter the fattened calf. He said to him, My son, you are here with me always. Everything I have is yours. But now we must celebrate and rejoice, because your brother was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. The Gospel of the Lord. This wonderful story of the prodigal son we should be quite familiar with by now. I find, like a favorite book or movie, is always welcome in the retelling. And like any good story, we usually find ourselves identifying with one of the characters. Some of us will find ourselves identifying with the younger son, having seen some period in our lives where we have been away from God and have returned. Others may identify with the older son, seeing ourselves as having been more or less faithful, 
but at times having struggled with those near us that we may have judged less faithful. And some of us who have been separated from children for one reason or another may find ourselves identifying with the Father in some ways. But I must admit, I was quite surprised as I prayed over this reading this week to find myself wanting to identify, in some ways, with the fattened calf. What? Did he say he wanted to identify with the fattened calf? Is that like, isn't that like saying I want to be the turkey at Thanksgiving? Hey, I told you I was surprised, but please bear with me to the end. The fattened calf is a prized animal, pick of the herd, set aside and fed the best of feed and nourished and cared for in such a way as to grow and develop into the finest beef. It is kept out of the routine harvesting and saved for very special events of celebration when only the very best food will be eaten. Rather than simply eating it at an annual feast, it is more likely to be kept for a very special event, such as a wedding, a birth, a special anniversary, or such. The meat of the fatted calf is the best of the best, and can be equated to the best food you have ever eaten, be it meat, fish, fruit, vegetable, dessert, or what have you. And therefore, the decision to serve the fattened calf is as much about the person being honored as the meal itself. It is not a stretch that the older son would have had his own thoughts, plans, or designs on that calf, and on when and with whom it would be eaten. So the idea that the father would order this prized calf, prepared in celebration of the wayward son's return, is unthinkable to the elder son. It further infuriates him that not only was the father giving the bad son this honor, but that he, the good son, had not received even a goat or any such thing for himself and his friends, in spite of his being the good son all those years. What he failed to see was that the father was at that very moment inviting him to come in and eat of the fattened calf as well. The father declaring, You are here with me always. Everything I have is yours is an affirmation of the relationship he believed he had with the older son, the relationship that the older son couldn't see out of his jealous, righteous, judgmental anger toward the younger son and now the father. Ironically, in taking this position, the older son is now refusing to eat the very calf that he had likely coveted. In the same way, the idea that this would-be Messiah would eat with people they judged to be sinners was unthinkable to the Pharisees and the scribes. Why would this supposed holy man be eating with sinners and not with us? After all, we are the keepers of the law. We are the righteous ones. In the case of a meal with Jesus, the prize is not in the food, but in the guest. But just like the older son, they were being invited to the same relationship Jesus was offering to the others but because of their righteous, jealous, judgmental anger, they also would refuse the Father's offering of, in this case, not the fattened calf, but the spotless lamb. And it is not just that they refuse to forgive the sinners, but in doing so they keep themselves from the very best that God is offering them, his very self. They refuse to approach the table of the Lord and share in the divine meal that Jesus will soon provide to partake in his sacrifice, to eat the bread of angels, the meal specially prepared for them by the Father to celebrate their reconciliation with him. They say, 
Because you gave me no goat, I want no calf. Because the Messiah didn't come as we were expecting, we want no part of him. Jesus can't be good because he eats with sinners. When rather they should have said, if sinners can be saved because they eat with Jesus, so can we. Not Jesus is wrong, but I will have what they are having. Too often when we hear this story, we see God in the mercy of the Father toward the younger son, but fail to see him in the invitation of the Father to the older son. So too can we by our sin, our judgment, our unwillingness to forgive, cut ourselves off from the Eucharist, from the relationship that we are offered by the Father through the Son. We let the failings of people, the world, the church, and our judgment of them or it somehow get in the way of what really matters, our personal one-on-one relationship with our loving God. And when we actually stop to think about it, it makes no more sense than the older son refusing to eat the calf. Wrongly, we think we are called to make judgments about God and others based on our evaluation of world events, when what we should do is start with God is awesome and view everything else in light of that. There is nothing anyone can say or do that makes Jesus less Jesus. The human weaknesses of the world, the church, or its ministers do nothing to diminish the holiness of God. The true presence of Jesus in the Eucharist and the fullness of the relationship he calls each and every one of us to. Because whatever makes us mad about this world does nothing to diminish the glory of the next and of the God who calls us to it. Simply put, let the world be mad about the world, but let my mouth be full of Jesus. Because once we fully and rightfully partake of the meal, once we are fully embraced by the Father and fully united with the Son, we are changed by the Spirit. Rather than refuse to forgive, we are joined with Jesus who enables us to forgive. Rather than fail to love, we are joined to Jesus who empowers us to love. Rather than be reluctant to give, we are joined to Jesus who creates in us a desire to give. By responding to the offer, we become part of the offering itself. And I guess that's why I can see value in our identifying in some ways with the calf. Through the mercy and love of God to be fed by grace so as to be a source of encouragement and witness to those hungering for the truth and salvation that can only be found in Jesus Christ. As Paul said, we are new creations, entrusted with the message of reconciliation, God appealing through us as ambassadors for Christ. For questions or comments on this podcast, email deaconjoe2017 at gmail.com.